Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Now here's Paul Catalina. Welcome back. An old friend of ours here at the show and a, a guy I love running into every tension I get to, Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. And Cedric, this is... You have covered the Longhorns for a long time, and there have been many kind of in the last, you know, 14 years, little upstarts of like, oh, this is this is good, this is great. Uh, all the, the, you know, I don't want to say the, the, the buzz phrase, but all those have happened. What makes this particular group of Longhorns different in that they can soldier through the hype a little bit better? Is the catchphrase, we're back. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we heard that, Paul? Yeah. I mean, too, many, too many to count. Um, Joe Tessitore famously said it when they beat Notre Dame and Charlie Strong's second or third year. They weren't back. Uh, Sam Ellinger said it after they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. And that was the last time Georgia had lost a bowl game. So that was kind of the end of Georgia losing. But uh, I think that three years into the Sarkeesian era, that uh, he's got. He's put his stamp on the program, recruiting wise. Good, good classes, top five, ten classes. Um, he's getting the buy-in that he needed last season. That he took a real large step forward, particularly in the locker room with the senior leadership. And I think that that has kind of carried over to this season. Uh, they experienced a little bit of success last season. Probably should have won more than eight games. Blew a couple of second half leads. And now they're starting to to, to feel the the uh, taste that fine nectar of being a top five, number three in the country type team. And I think Paul, once you start to 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 realize that maybe you are as good as you think you can be, and going to Alabama and winning by double digits showed the nation that Texas is capable of of playing with the big dogs. I think that's intoxicating for a team and addictive, and they want to feed off of that. So. It'll be interesting to see how they can they can uh, live with the uh, 
with the mantle of being the hunted instead of the hunter. Steve Sarkeesian um, is, at least in my observation, and I don't see him every day, but handling what is one of the more challenging head coaching jobs in the country a lot better than his his two previous predecessors in that um, I think Charlie Strong didn't make a fair assessment of who Texas was when he got there. And then Tom Herman hears literally everything everyone says about him, whether it matters or not, and treats it equally. And I think that stressed him out as where Steve Sarkeesian seems that he's got more a water off a duck's back quality to him. Am I wrong about that? No, no, you're 150% correct. It seems to roll off of him. Now, we have moments when he gets after us in, in press conferences and, I've, I've told him, uh, you know, during a press conference, I like fights. I like it when he gets feisty with us. Mm-hmm. That's good copy. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll take that. That's good sound bites. We'll take that. Um, uh, Charlie didn't understand the magnitude of, of dealing with, with the, uh, the big money, money donors and the hangers on that proliferate this program. And I don't think he ever had a great relationship with the Texas high school football coaches, which is a, a, was a huge mistake on his part. Uh, Tom Herman was better in recruiting the state, having worked in Houston. So he knew these streets. He knew these big 12 streets. And so the most fertile recruiting area in the state of Texas is Houston area. So Tom was right smack dab in the middle of that. So he used those inroads to, to have four winning seasons. But some off-the-field stuff uh, led to his ouster. I think Steve understands the importance of Texas recruiting. He understands that he's got to balance being the football coach with dealing with those people who just can't help but try to have their fingers on the program. And, and he keeps uh, media at, at um, a arm's distance. He doesn't get too close to us. Uh, we, I, don't think, I don't know that any of us have a real relationship with him. And it's, a, it's definitely a business arrangement. And it's, start, and it's seeming to work in his favor. Uh, only he's co- this is the tenth team he's coached, Paul, and and only one other team has started three and zero, and that was the twenty thirteen Washington team that he eventually left for the USC job. Well, I uh, saw him at the end of that year, uh, Cedric. You remember they played Baylor in the Alamo Bowl in the No Defense Classic, as I like to call it. It was uh, an absolute shootout, and uh, Softy Mahler, who works for the flagship station in Seattle that they're on asked him about firing his defensive coordinator after that game. And I'll never forget as long as they left. He's like, real classy, softy, real classy. Then didn't answer the question. He was mad about it. But that game was ridiculous, and it, it needed to be asked. But, yeah, I've seen some of that fire from him. Now, granted, it's a decade ago, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, did he, ask, did he fire him right after the game and softy asked him, or, or did he ask him about the potential to the fire p- him? The potential to fire him. You know, like, do you have to well, make a change? Yeah. You yeah. have to ask. You just, that's a question you have to ask Mm -hmm. because eventually, you know, I guess those problems take care of themselves, but uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask a coach that just gave up. uh, What was it? 57? What did they give up in that game? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You'd be remiss if you didn't ask. I mean, you you scored enough to win the game, but you just couldn't, you couldn't stop them. Uh, What about your DC moving forward? And after bowl games, Paul, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. We spring ahead. Yeah. So what's happening next? Will this guy be back? That's a legitimate question. 
Yeah. But so I, I know he can get, I mean, I guess every coach can get rabbit ears, you know, maybe not Lincoln Riley rabbit ears or Tom Herman rabbit ears, but they can. But I like, I do like I, we got to talk to him last year at big 12 media days and there was just a different, and it, granted he's been through a lot in the last decade of his life that maybe allows him to compartmentalize things maybe a little bit better than certain coaches can. Yeah. 49 years of age. He's lived, he's lived longer <laughs> years than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had, he's had some issues off the field. He's overcome those issues. He's gotten a, a second chance at a blue blood college football institution. And a lot of people don't get a second chance. A lot of people probably don't get a first chance mm-hmm. because I mean, he's coached at USC and Texas. Uh, and those are, those are traditional football, um, football factories. And so, He's taken. He's taken. Made the most of this. He's overcome some early struggles. Uh, losing to Kansas at home, never good. Gave up fifty-seven in that one. I might add. Mm-hmm. And and so um, he's he's kind. He's kind of come come from the to the other side of that. And he's got a great opportunity here. Uh, the schedule is not uh, foreboding. Uh, the teams that, you know, Kansas State is a big threat. You get Kansas State at home. You get OU on a neutral field. But what they have to avoid uh, starting this weekend is they have to avoid losing those games that they have no business losing. And that's been the story of Texas football for the last several years. Can they live up to that ranking and, and somehow make it to the Big 12 title game, win the Big 12 title, and play in the CFP? That's the big question. Can they win the games they're supposed to win? What is different to you about Quinn Ewers last year to this year? What is what has he learned and changed? Uh, he changed his body. Mm-hmm. He's much leaner. He was playing at 218 last year. He's playing at 195 now, which I think is really skinny. And you wonder about durability. Uh, he, he divorced Chick-fil-A, and uh, he's eating better, more nutrition. Uh, I think he's kind of figured out that that on the rate that he was on last season that he was not going to be an NFL quarterback. And and that's still, you know, that's still to be determined uh, if he's going. I mean, he's been projected like a number eight overall pick next spring. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, he's uh, taking on more of a leadership role. He's a laid-back guy, Paul, who doesn't really uh, – one, not one of those guys who – who is a natural leader of men, but he's but he understands that he needs to be because of the position he plays. After they won in Alabama, he called a Tuesday players only meeting. He called that meeting and he urged his teammates to not get complacent. The job isn't done. That's a big win. Let's put it in the review. That's leadership. That's what he's been doing. So um, still a slow, notoriously slow starter. He's bookended really slow starts. Uh, against Rice and against Wyoming in between the electric performance against Alabama. So uh, they're, they're going to run into a team that might be able to hit them in the mouth. And if that coincides with a slow Quinn Ewers start, they could be in some trouble. So they're going to have to figure out how to start better. Last year, they started well and couldn't finish. They blew several double-digit leads. This year, they're finishing strong. In the last two fourth quarters, Paul, 42 points scored, including 21 in the fourth quarter of Brian Denny and Tuscaloosa. That just doesn't happen. No. no. And they, they seem not just Quinn Ewers, but to me, mature around the field. I know Z- Xavier Worthy, you know, ha- has you know, has had problems with drops. He's been he had the electric play last week that that woke them up 
right at the, the start of that for, fourth quarter. It's all of a sudden they're like, okay, here here we go. Uh, and then, but he also had a little bit of petulance would be the wrong word, but maybe immaturity or, or need to grow up a little bit more. It seems like they do have more of those guys on the team who who realize that a game like Alabama is great, but it doesn't mean you've done anything yet because it just meant you're 2-0. and Yeah, and they seem to be handling success a lot better. And I think Xavier Worthy is a good example of it. Uh, uh, Just a a tremendous athlete. You saw him blow up against OU last year, uh, having some similar success this year. Uh, Had those drops in the Alamo Bowl, and then we find out months later, Sarkeesian goes, you know he's playing with a broken hand. Why didn't you tell us? I was trying to protect the player. Uh, Yeah, so so much for transparency on that end. But (laughs) I get it. But So he's grown up. The Xavier Worthy we're speaking with nowadays has has a comfort about him. He knows he's a good player. He knows he has a future in the pros if things continue to progress this way. Uh, they just have guys who have been through the wars. Their juniors and seniors lost to Kansas. It was a one and eight Kansas. It wasn't this Jalen Daniels bunch that's 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 able to bite somebody on any given Saturday. So they've un, they've been they've been in those embarrassing situations. They come through it. Now they're the ones landing the punches instead of taking them. Uh, Sarkeesian is fearless. Uh, before the Alabama game, he goes, we're going in there throwing haymakers. We're not throwing jabs. And that, and he said it on the ESPN game day in front of millions of people. And that's what a message to his team. We're not afraid of anybody. And that's kind of trickled down through the locker room. And they kind of understand that there's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen, Paul there's a chance that they can have a very special season. But they have to have that buy-in, that leadership's got to be on point, and most importantly, they have to deliver on Saturday. Well, and that, that does. And one of those games you talked about, tomorrow, they really shouldn't have any business losing to a Baylor team that's, that's not found itself yet. And so you don't want to be the team that lets them find themselves, right? Yeah, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be on that end. And then I know Randy's had all week that people keep coming up to him. If there's one game we want you to win, it's that one. They'd love nothing better than to kick Texas in the bud and send them into the SEC, uh, wondering what could have been in 2023. There's no way to even if Baylor beats Texas and the Longhorns run the table, there's no way they'll be able to explain away why they lost to Baylor to the CFP committee. You're not getting a top four even if you run the table, if you lose to Baylor. Now, if you lose to Oklahoma and then run the table after that and win the Big 12, okay, because Oklahoma's going to be ranked at the end of the year. So they know going in that this is not just one win that they need to put um, you know, on, on, on their belt. It's got to be a win that's going to keep their dreams alive that are, that are way bigger right now than Big 12. Now, they won't tell you that. They'll go, oh, yeah, we want to be 1-0 after this week. You know, that's coach speak. You know, that's coach speak. We're in the media. We can look big picture. We can talk about this kind of stuff, Paul. They need to win this game, and they need to beat OU, and they need to beat Kansas. And if they're and if they're sitting at six and zero going up against K State and Houston, uh, then they have their legitimately say a legitimate threat to to um, represent the Big Twelve in in the CFP. But not until then, so. It all starts tomorrow. If they win tomorrow, all of all of their goals are still ahead of them. Baylor's going to come out and try to try to give them. Uh, you know, they're going to come swinging for the fences in the first quarter. I think Aranda's going to be more aggressive in his play calling. 
And and I think I think Pollard's going to send the house at Quinn Ewers and see what he can do. They're going to have to, Cedric. They've got to find some fire, which they have not found in the early part of the season. And maybe maybe seeing the burnt orange roll into the stadium is going to do that because so far, man, it's been it's been tough sledding for the Bears. Well, I don't even know Long Island had a football team. I had no idea. When you hear Long Island, I think Julius Irving, Jim Brown, Sue Bird, those are the people I think about. I don't think about them having actually having a college football team. And, you know, and, and I know that uh, Sawyer finished up great against them, but 10 of 22 for a buck 33, not going to cut it against the Longhorns. He's going to have to have a career game. Uh, Reese going to have to get loose. And they have some athletes on the outside, but this, this will easily be the best team that Baylor will face this year. Yes, absolutely. Cedric, always great to talk to you. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Look forward to seeing you, brother. All right. Talk to you soon, Cedric. This is uh, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. My gosh, what a, uh, I learned, I've learned a lot from him. He's been a veteran sports writer for a long time. Great dude. Um, would see, sometimes I'd see him twice a week if he was covering a game like he you know if texas was off and he'd come and cover a baylor game and then i'd see him you know, we'd cover the cowboys at the same time so great guy love uh love talking to cedric and you heard it like he's jack very practical about the longhorns this has been a rogue media network production